This is the Dosa Cero Podcast, a weekly show devoted to football in Mexico, the U.S., and beyond. If you are a pocho, puma, regio, chiva, cholo, fresa, tigre, tapatio, chilango, or even a Methodist, pull up a chair, crack open a cold one, and enjoy the next 90 minutes of heated football debate. Thus begins... The Dosa Cero Podcast. Now calm down, calm down. Hi everybody, this is the Dosa Cero Podcast. My name is John Chagood, good to have you with us tonight. A very full show tonight, as you can imagine. We have... A couple of uh, international soccer games to talk about. Mexico had a, a home and away with Canada in their World Cup qualifying for Russia 18. A 3-0 victory up at Vancouver. I'll be talking about that. And then a 2-0 win over the same Canadians last night at the Estadio Azteca. Hopefully our Mexico City correspondent, uh, Albert and Chiquis Campa, will join us to talk about uh, the game he was at the uh, stadium yesterday. And we'll go over with that with him. We'll also be talking about tonight about the uh, chant that uh, doesn't want to seem to go away, at least the controversy surrounding it. And uh, there are some of us here who think that it might actually get worse. We'll be discussing that as well. There's a big, big game this weekend in Liga Mekis. Chivas, Pumas, will there be bets made tonight? Please tune in and find out. We're live on YouTube, as you all know. If folks that are listening to us live on YouTube, thanks for joining us. Please add your question or comments, and we'll get to those as quickly as we can. And, of course, you can listen to this, the recorded version on iTunes. As soon as uh, Chiquis gets back, he will make the necessary edits to clean up the show a little bit, take out some of the extemporaneous naughtiness that sometimes happens on the live show. If you're listening to the recorded version, you say, you all, good Lord, if they're cutting this, what am I missing on the live show? Well, you better tune in live to find out. Like I said, my name is John Jagu. We really enjoy uh, chatting with you guys tonight. Thank you guys for joining with us. And like I said, we have our esteemed panel with us once again, all the way in Escondido, California. We have Daniel Preciado. How are you, sir? I am excellent, John. How are you? <clears throat> I'm doing very well. Is the... Is the you guys starting to get the rain that you need? Are the, are the reservoirs starting to fill finally in California? No, man. El Nino has been a big, uh, gigantic dud here in the in Southern California, especially San Diego. So I think LA got some rain yesterday. I my 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 house is is bone dry. Yeah. So uh, you're still uh, not being able to water the yard. Well, that's sad. Well, I'm sure that you'll get you'll get you'll get something. Well, no, no, we're we're, we're allowed to water as long as the uh, the Northern California the the as long as they get the water, we're we're good. Okay, well, that's that's what's what's important then, I guess. Yeah, that's all. That Over really in matters. Connecticut, up in Connecticut, uh, a gentleman who will give us his analysis of the the two games that we just had, Christian Velez. How are you, sir? Hey, John. How you doing, man? I'm all right. You know, uh, another day, another dollar. 
another day, another Mexico game. Luckily for us, we had two games back-to-back. Lots to talk about, but overall, we're, we're okay over here. Glad to hear it. Did you get to watch uh, any of the Argentina games with your landlord? No. <laughs> you know, I I, um, I did not. I, I, I caught him... Um, I caught him yesterday uh, after the game. He was uh, at the bar downstairs drinking uh, $2 PBRs yet again. So he seemed in good spirits, man. You know, uh, we didn't get to talk about it much, but, you know, he was also kind of kind of tipsy. So that's when I draw the line. I just go back in. I go to my apartment, and, you know, I do my thing. Okay. Sounds good. Well, maybe you'll have to fill us in on what your thing is a little bit later. Over <laughs> in uh, Los Angeles, we have uh, – Two folks. First of all, <laughs> we have uh, Joel Aceves. Joel, thank you for joining us tonight. Kimberly John, doing good. Glad to be back in the show. Well, it's uh, the show is, would not be the same without you, Joel, so thank you for, for taking the time to join us. Did you get to watch the games, Joel? I, you know what? I did. Both. Excellent. Both games. I did uh, I did a play-by-play on Twitter. Oh, fantastic. Oh, were you doing the one uh, for Food Mech Source last night? Yeah, I, I did both. Uh, <gasps> were there? Uh, did anybody uh, register any complaints, or were did they? Uh, everybody pretty happy with? Uh, I, I think I'm getting too old for this, John. They they don't get some of my jokes. Yeah. Well, Joel, you can't. I, I you was can't wondering joke about 17th century agrarian economics. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta you gotta you gotta move it up. You gotta move it up. Juan Ribe. Yes, sir. Joel, but before we introduce Juan, one one last comment. Oh no! No, I was saying I, I, I tweeted this one thing about uh, uh, I don't know if you remember those old uh, <laughs> the, the Spider Man. Ah, uh, no, 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 like the phone uh, for phone for sex. Angus? It'll be like five. Oh, the the one nine the one nine seven six numbers. Those? Yeah, five five dollars the first minute and a dollar each additional minute. So I was saying about FIFA for the puto chat. They were gonna. Charge Mexico five thousand for the first chant and one thousand additional chant. That's and, and then people thought it was like serious thing, and, and I'm getting all these uh, tweets about how it's just, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it just blew everyone's head. I had to post a picture. That is crazy to get up. Did you like? Uh, did you like my uh, Spider-Man? Uh, I saw that <laughs> reply. <laughs> That is, you know, I have a friend of mine uh, that I work with pretty closely. We do a lot of events together. He and his brother, at least here locally in Texas, used to do run those commercials or, or produce those commercials rather that ran like was it after midnight? Yeah. Um, oh yeah, it was like, hey, if you're lonely, call me. I'm lonely too. Anyway, so yeah, they used to. Do those. But we'll talk about that a little bit later. John, John, you yes. can say we're getting old if you remember when a uh, TV would turn off. That's right. Like at midnight, the you get the anthem. national anthem, and then and you're done. Static. That's right. Test pattern. <laughs> Juan Uribe, out in Long Beach, a man who was, hey, was up to date with the Dallas Cup. How are you, sir? Oh, the Dallas Cup. Oh yeah, absolutely, man. I'm I'm good, man. I'm enjoying my tacos with a free guacamole, and you know what? I put a lot of salsa on them, dude. What kind of salsa? Like the salsa. Salsa Diablo, Salsa Habanera, what kind of salsa we're we talking? Or is this like salsa, salsa Verde, Salsa Roja, Free Walk, Salsa really? with Guacamole. Yeah. Sounds like a good, good establishment. Yeah. I went to a place earlier today uh, before I had a, a softball game that I was working tonight called Sapos. East Austin used to be the hood, and now it's like where all the 
new people with long beards live. So it's a place called Sapos. It was Mexican hamburgers. Uh, I went. I went with somebody. It wasn't my first choice. I had a hamburger that was basically a bean and cheese tostada in a hamburger bun. Cost me fifteen dollars. Was that at Ronnie's place? No, no. I would have much preferred to go to Ronnie's place. No, the uh, what, what do we call Ronnie's place earlier today? <laughs> Ronnie, the Luna remember. In, in Philadelphia. You doing all right? Yes, yes. I'm sorry about that. Having technical difficulties here. That's all right. Uh, no, no. After hours, it's called the Sarten. El Sarten. What is it? <laughs> what is it? You gotta bring your own. Bring your own dozen. Yeah, try comal and tamal as well. What is it before 10 p.m.? What is that? Before the before the test pattern comes on the TV. Uh, it goes, uh, it's it, uh, guacamole Mexican girl. Guacamole. I heard they call you uh, El Comal. No? <laughs> in, so, in certain circles. In certain I, thought yeah, it was, it, I thought it was El Nopal. No, no, it's El That's Comal. That's another circle. He likes That's to, porque le, le, le gusta calentar gorditas. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> the boat? <laughs> it, times, it, times are tough, yes. <laughs> Sorry. See, we learn we learn new things about people every day. Now we know Ronnie's uh, culinary I, preferences. I thought it was el molcajete because he has a lot of chiles. Vinny <laughs> <laughs> also called it uh, la rueda de la gloria. <laughs> I think that's the stadium over there at the uh, in Oaxaca. <laughs> That's la, oh, la, 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 yeah. La yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, that stadium over there in Oaxaca. It's got that giant glue. <laughs> so I was I was curious about that. I saw that picture. Is that supposed to represent something uh Mesoamerican, like like you know, Mayan perhaps? Is that like the to represent the uh what was the name? Was it Pelota or whatever it was, the, the game that they would play on the court where they would use their hips and stuff. Is that what that is supposed to represent? Well, that's or actually the last time Atlas money. Atlas won a championship. <laughs> In the 1500s, you're actually yeah, that's you're the last time. Yeah. But that's uh, that's what that's what it's, it's called Barra 1551. You're absolutely yeah, right. something absolutely. like that. Well, gentlemen, we had a, a very big week for us uh, for for folks that uh, follow the game of soccer. There were qualifiers at least in this part of the world in uh, North and South America. I uh, was lucky enough when I was driving to Canada. Uh, Friday, the Argentina-Chile game was on just at the time when I'd reached the border, and it took me about an hour to cross the border. So I saw a, a good portion of that game. It was a, extremely entertaining. It was a great game. I was really, really enjoying it. And then, of course, when I got over the Canadian side, my service disappeared because I had forgotten to... Was there a wall? There was... Uh, there was, was there a wall at the border? No, there wasn't a wall. There was a little guard... And there were about it looked like a like a like a like a twenty person toll booth, but the the you know the Canadian guy was real friendly. He said, "What are you here for?" I said, "I'm here to watch a soccer game." And he said, "Where are you from?" I said, "I'm from Texas." He said, "You drove all the way here." I said, "No, no, I flew to Seattle." And he said, "Why don't you just fly to Vancouver?" And I said, "Because I'm cheap. I use my points." He goes, "Oh, I understand. There you go, faster." But when I went back the other way, uh, let's just say that the guy wasn't as friendly. So I'm not sure why that was, but. Uh, but there was a, a lot of soccer, and of course, uh, we'll be focusing on the two games that happened between 
Mexico and Canada. And uh, Joel, I want to start with you since you actually got to see the game. What was your 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 initial impression of the game in Vancouver? What 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 what, what did you come away with? You know, I was expecting more from Canada. It's it's uh, they just look pretty bad. They play like an MLS team, man. Now I don't think I don't think that the I think the MLS is actually a little better than that. I, what I saw from the Canadians, and 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 I don't want to bag on them because I think you know that that that's not necessarily the best way to go. But they could I mean they they could not trap ball just just very basic fundamental things. It seemed like they were having problems with, and I mean I know that happens everywhere, but it seemed like it was consistently happening with them. Especially down the sidelines. So yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. I thought the Canada would would present something a little bit more, especially up there in Vancouver. And the crowd was fantastic. It was you know about seventy seventy five percent Canadian. They were real into it. I think if they would have got an early goal, the place would have been a completely different game. Would have been very difficult for Mexico. Yeah, to... and and it's not to take away credit from uh, from Mexico, but like if you've seen other games, Canada's always been stronger at home. They, they give Mexico a hard time, and uh, just just even their individual performances, and, and like you said, they couldn't even string two three passes together. Well, to me, the game turned the first ten or fifteen minutes, and maybe you all will agree or disagree with me. I thought that Canada actually had <clears throat> a, a run of play, and I thought that they actually had a chance to. I'm not saying they were going to score, but I think that they certainly had a chance to to generate some opportunities. Because they, you know, they they surprised me by pressuring Mexico very high, and Mexico was having a hard time dealing with the turf, and because it just like it just it was bouncing a little more than they were used to, they just didn't seem comfortable. And then, like 10, 15 minutes into the game, Osorio said, "You know what? What they were doing to us, we're going to do to them." They started pressuring Canada very high with uh, Chicharito and and Lozano and Jesus Corona, who were Amazing, just absolutely fantastic defensively, I thought, especially the first 20 minutes. And it changed the game completely. As Coyle said, from that point on, Canada was completely flustered. They couldn't string any passes together. And it was only going to be a matter of time before Mexico would start uh, scoring goals. If they did. You, you know what, John? It's, it's not just Canada. The, the majority of the region, it, it's pretty poor right now. The level of play from the majority of the opponents, which is good for us, but... It's it's one of the weakest I've seen in a long time. It's starting to remind me a lot, Joel, and maybe and uh, maybe uh, you know for for some of you older guys, a lot like 2005, where uh, you know that's the one where La Volpe, you know, said a clasificar caminando, and and then he did because of the fact that the region was so poor. I mean, at that point. Uh, Costa Rica wasn't really presenting anything. The United States was, they were okay. They weren't anything great. But that was it. Everyone else uh, was not very good. The U.S. didn't even make the hex. You know, it was, and Guatemala was, you know, that was the, their best opportunity. They came in fifth. And then Panama was nowhere near the team they are now. And, but, and you uh, know what? A good indicator is most of, uh, I know. Most of these sorry. teams are lacking their, like, star players. Before the teams would have one or two players that were, Pretty good, you know, like Swasso or, or what have you. Juan, huh? your assessment? Well, no, I was just going to mention uh, about Panama. I think Panama is probably the team that their that matchup's really tough for Mexico. And 
I think, you know, because we kind of got into it a little bit, that that would be a good test to see what Osorio, what adjustments he can do as far as uh, with the team. And because uh, most of his call-ups have been, have been pretty di- different. But, you know, I think I didn't see the whole game Friday. I got them uh, on tape. I missed yesterday's. But what I did see for parts of Friday was that the, uh, just Canada, like you mentioned, they couldn't finish. You mentioned in the Twitter feed, uh, you know, they had some opportunities where they could have capitalized on and it could have been a, a different game. Obviously, you know, they didn't. They have the striker that they that they need up top, but, you know, Mexico maybe, you know, they don't need to, how do you say, sit on their laurels because they still got areas to improve. And maybe that's the drawback with Osorio's rotations is that the uh, I'm going to see one of your lines where the back line's not being able to gel because he just keeps calling up uh, different players. Yeah, but, yeah, there's no question that. Uh, hey, John, sorry. I just yeah, go ahead, Christian. Well, it's a tough one because um, yes, I mean the rotations are a little unorthodox because this is not a club team. Uh, you know, but I mean, it's not like he's going to have a lot of chances or or any opportunities to really try out players. I think if you compare it to Chepo, Chepo had two friendly games right off the bat when he took over. He had two chances, maybe three, to bring players in uh, and test them out and see what he wanted to do. So do you have to jump right into uh, to the qualifiers? And, and you know, so it's a little different in that sense. But at the, at the end of the day, I mean, individually, the majority of the players that have been called up make sense. I think there are some exceptions I think we can all agree on that, you know, don't really quite make sense. You know, Yasser Corona being one of them, probably the most notable one, Uh Yes, it's it's hard to build that chemistry, but but I I mean I always go back to this. I think the core of the group, the 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 guys that make up this team, the the, the figure like the nine, eight, eight, nine, ten guys have been together for two plus years anyway. So I'm not entirely sure there needs to be a lot of uh, sort of hand wringing about stuff like that because I mean if you look at the the backbone of the team, it's pretty much been intact. You know, Moreno, Rafa, Reyes. Um, Guardado Herrera y Chicharito. Did you just say thank you, base Chepo? Is that is that basically the gist of what you just said? Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just you know I'm just saying you know I think those are fair points. I'm saying like and, and also like the the media has been talking about this too. You know the rotation is it is it too much? Is it this and the other? It's like well the rotation's happening in some spots, not all the spots. You know and and I think that going forward, any sort of official game, you're going to have a core of four or five players that are going to be there, and some others will get swapped out or, or whatever, you know, I mean for my money, Paul Aguilar had a you know, last week I was singing his praises I think he was one of the weakest links in these two games, I don't know what you guys think Ronnie, how do you feel about uh, what was your assessment of, 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 of the at least of the first game You have to unmute your microphone. Yeah, sorry about that. Sorry about that. He's probably uh, busy at this event. No, I, I thought uh, I have to agree with Howell that uh, you know Canada looked very weak, and I was surprised because I, I expected them to be a little bit more compact. Uh, obviously, with the uh, with the guest that we had last week, you know, he was telling us about you know the players to watch out for. Uh, and I was, you know, expecting a little bit more from them, and it's like, 
man, they really let down. I mean, I know, I, you know, I put it in the Twitter, Twitter feed uh, earlier today. We're actually in a private chat. I was just surprised as to how bad they were at some of basic, you know, fundamental skills, you know, trapping mm-hmm. and, 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 and receiving the ball. And it was actually, you know, worse in the second game, which, you know, I know we're not talking about that one right now, but, uh, I mean, honestly, I thought they, I thought Mexico could have, could have won easily, you know, five, six, nothing. Uh, the first, uh, the first match. I just, uh, I expected a lot more. Um, I don't know if Canada has, I don't think they're going to make it to the hex. It's going to be very difficult for them. Uh, for, they're going to have to somehow get something out of their trip to Honduras, which I just I just don't see that happening. And and what it looks like, gentlemen, is that it, what it looks to me is that this the only difference we're going to have in this hex and last hex is that it's going to be Trinidad instead of Jamaica, and then the, those are going to be. It's going to be the same six teams. It's going to be Costa Rica, Panama, the United States, Mexico, Honduras, and then Trinidad. If is what it's shaping up to be. If you know, if that's more they, scary. If they can reach, if they can reach the uh, the, if they can get a point in Honduras, I, you know, if they can get a point, I think they will. They can go because I mean, obviously, I think Canada right now is minus four in, in goal differential. And Honduras, I believe, is uh, minus one. Right. So, I mean, if they tie it up, uh, you know. Well, this is I, really going to depend also how Mexico approaches these next games. Well, yeah, I mean, that's true. That's true. But I don't think that. I mean, if Osorio, if Osorio was came in at the very beginning of the cycle, I would assume that he would just kind of like play reserve players for these two games. But the fact that he's still new to the game and we still have Copa Centenario, I think he may take it serious. But the I, I, games are going to be in September. Excuse me, they're going to be in September, which will be after Copa America. Oh, that, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Um, the, the, those games are going right, to be after, right, right. right after the, the, the two tournaments, the Olympics and the Copa Copa America. Oh, I'm so expecting not, a so big time so uh, like, reserve if, type of team. For if the, they fought during Liguilla, you, you will see uh, like a C team. Okay, okay, okay. So when are those two games? Do we know? September ninth, I believe. September. Oh, okay. Never September second and September sixth. Never, never mind. So for some reason, I, for some reason, know. I thought it was before uh, the, the summer um, the tournaments. Never mind. I, I think. I think uh, at that point, if that's the case, then I retract that. I think that that uh, they're going to go with a uh, you know a C B team uh, because obviously you know you're Copa a man. Made, no, Copa America and, and, and obviously the Olympics are going to take, you know, that, that's going to put more Right, because that'll be right after the Olympics. So yeah. we won't see any team guys. Yeah, it'll yeah, be, yeah. And I think it'll be the right thing to do to give those guys a little bit of, little bit, little bit of rest and more time to gel with their teams. Yeah, exactly. Para que se consolidan con sus equipos allá en Europa. Well, so. yeah, I mean, and then... That means Ochoa might finally get a cap, right? Yeah. And obviously you're reading things like, you know, uh, La Junto, Real Madrid, and Tecatito. You know he's probably going to be hitting to another club, a new club, uh, you know, after the summer. Um, so, yeah. yeah. I thought La, La, La was going to go to Real Salt Lake. It's it's Real Madrid. <laughs> well, I mean, apparently those are the rumors. Wow. 
Daniel, what was your, uh, your 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 initial uh, assessment of the game on Friday night? The Friday night game I thought was pretty good, probably the best they've played under under Osorio's tenure. Uh, offensively, I think uh, just the team as a whole I thought functioned well. Uh, now, can't the same can't be really uh, be said for the the game yesterday? It was, I mean, it was an ugly game, but I mean, when you see who started, you kind of figured it wasn't going to be a lights out type of a type of result. Seeing uh, Raúl, seeing Fabian, I think, I mean, you know, he he's getting he's getting that benefit of the doubt now that he's in Europe. Uh, so he he got a he got himself a start. I think he was one of the more disappointing. Um, I know someone else mentioned Aguilar, which I would agree with also, but Fabian in particular. I don't know how many more chances he's going to get, um, but I'm okay with the testing though of these players though because I think where you're going into it pretty much already qualified. There's a limited amount of of games that that Osori's going to be able to have these types of players at his at his uh, disposal, so he's going to experiment. I'm I'm okay, especially keeping in mind the type of competition that 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 are in front of them. There, it's weaker competition. It's a it's a weaker cycle at least so far. So go ahead, experiment now, and then hopefully it'll be more of a consistent team if and when uh, the competition gets stiffer. I'm not. I'm not going to lie to y'all. The, uh, I want Canada to make the hex because I want to go back to Vancouver. That town is fantastic. The people are unbelievably friendly. The just the 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 the, the geography and the and the just the makeup of of, of the city itself is just. I mean, it looks like it's 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 a New York City surrounded by the mountains. It's 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 it's, it's incredibly beautiful. The atmosphere on game day. Uh, I went down in the morning to take pictures and stuff, do the touristy thing, you know, all that. And the atmosphere even then was was electric. And then as the game got drew closer, I was able to take the train down from the my hotel down to the stadium, and this was four hours before the game, and the train was packed with, with both Canadian and Mexican fans. I found out that there were 12,000 Mexicans that live in, in Vancouver, and I would assume that a, a big chunk of them were able to make the game. And I guess that's why I was really surprised that, that, that Canada... You know, I'm not going to say they fell on their face. I, I think that Mexico had a lot to do with why Canada played the way they did. And uh, that was one of the things. I actually got to sit next to Tom Marshall. We were not in the press box. We were in the media tribune, media tribune B. We were not in the in the good one. We were in the, you know, the one to the side, like the side one. But Servas. Uh, exactly. We were, yeah, we were in the in, in in the B, the press box B. Actually, what it was what it was called, press box B. But uh, you know, and 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 when we both noticed that that the, the the big that the Canada. They just don't have the experience to go up against guys like like pl- players of Mexico's caliber. They just don't. And when Mexico started pressuring them, I mean, Canada couldn't even get get, get the ball past midfield for for twenty thirty minutes. I mean, it was it was ugly. And then the the second goal, particularly where uh, where Lozano was able to dispossess and Chicharito made just a fantastic touch to you know send him in space and uh, Lozano, who I thought. Was tremendous, just absolutely tremendous, and just uh, the uh, just he just owned that stadium from the the, the minute he he started playing. Just an, an unbelievable talent. Uh, 
And this is something that I want to talk to you all a little bit later about what kind of future he has because if I were Chivas or if I were America, I had to get the checkbook out and say, how much? Because I want him. But anyway, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Hey, jo Jolie was planning to sell quesadillas and, and gorditas. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> hey, um, so you were saying with uh, Tom, did you uh, see any more of the guys from uh, the other podcast, uh, like Weasel or Naive? Or yeah, Weasel was behind, and then I actually sat next to Rafa Ramos from ESPN, and I saw him. It was funny because he and I noticed the same thing in the first five, ten minutes. You know, Mexico was very erratic, very nervous, and I was kind of peeking over to what he was writing because he was already starting to write his story, and that's how he started out. It's like you know, the first five minutes of this game, was there, and then he obviously changed his story. He ended up changing it quite a bit after that. I think I think that he uh, said that that Lozano needs to, you know, be a starter on the team. You know, oh, that's, from, from that's here good. On out. But uh, yeah. you know, it was it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. I got to see all the, you know, all the all, all the crew. Now, like, like I mentioned, uh, uh, Friday night when the uh, for us, you know, specifically to cover a game like that. It would really, really be helpful to have two people. So that's something we should keep in mind as we as, as we move forward. Did, Dan, did you have a question? Uh, no. Hey, hey, John, I have a question. Yes. <laughs> what, was, what was the food like uh, in the in the press room? We had, room? Food, we had a, a lovely mushroom ravioli that uh, it was with chicken or without. So you know, Vancouver is very, very. Uh, vegetarian friendly so I think that was one of the reasons why they had the one with and one without so we had that there was uh, one thing that kind of freaked me out about Canada I'm not going to lie they sweeten their tea you can't get unsweet tea and I'm not a I'm not a sweet tea guy so that was a little I took a sip of it and I was like oh my god and I kind of pushed it away and the waitress said you must be from the states I said yes yes I am I don't do the sweet tea thing John, yes. John did yeah. they have did they have the cremadas <laughs> you know, I'm not sure if they did or not, Juan. Um, I thought I, I don't was know. the first in your checklist. No, I thought. Well, I thought America played. They played in Houston, didn't they? <laughs> is is it that where the cremada happened? Is that where they played Tigres? Is, is that in Houston? Is that where the cremada happened? Muy triste, no. But, I don't uh, know. I didn't watch. No, yeah, I have, I'm not sure. I'm not sure where it happened, but uh, it was just a great city. And honestly, given the choice between going to Vancouver and no disrespect to San Pedro Sula, but I'm going to choose Vancouver each time. So hopefully, uh, for that reason and that reason alone, I would love for Canada to to make have, the next. Have you been there, John? It was my first time. It was my first. No, time no, no. To uh, San Pedro, Pedro Sula. Sula. No, but you know, oddly enough, uh, I was talking to Tom about that. And I said the same thing. I said, "Man, this, you know, given the choice, I'd rather come here." And he said he actually liked San Pedro Sula. He said it was a, a very interesting place. But I was like, "Tom, isn't it like like just unbelievably violent?" He says, "Oh yeah, there's plenty of that." He said there were times where he was, you know, a little nervous to go into certain neighborhoods or certain you know places to eat or bars or something. But that, uh, but he said that he actually really enjoyed himself down there. Well, so I'm just curious how, how you get there though. Uh, you can't. There's, I'm sure there's no direct flights there, right? You would, I mean, I know from Mexico you can fly like to Tegucigalpa. I mean, you ought to be able to fly to San Pedro Sula, but like from Austin, you know, you'd have to, you know, I'd probably have to change planes a couple of times. So, just curious. We'll have to keep track on. Yeah. Lose your tail. Now, for a, as great as Mexico looked Friday night, I think we all agree that, you know, Mexico certainly did. 
have moments where they they looked really good. And the, the, the first goal, I thought the build up was was really good, and I think you see the what what the the the, the coaching influence has on the players with the way that you know certain players were switching up and switching off and I think it was was it Moreno that that that, that acted like he was going to penetrate and then the defender came up and he found Ayun all by himself and they were able to uh, find Chicharito for the goal who made a just a just a terrific play to 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 put that ball in the net so as good as they looked in the first game I think that especially in the second half uh, last night at the Azteca obviously they didn't look good but I totally understand why they would want to, you know, kind of take the foot off the gas down there. I mean, I think they could have easily, you know, if they would have gone into, you know, the the way that the teams played in 1993 when they had that qualifying, they could have easily put three, four, five, six goals against Canada uh, without without really breaking much of a sweat. But But it seemed like that they just, for whatever reason... Did, didn't want to do that, and and and, and do you guys feel that Mexico could have scored hey, more hey, goals last the, night? But those games used to be played on on Sunday at like at noon. Yeah, at noon. Yeah. Well, I, I think I think Canada had a. I mean, it's it's all relative, but I think Canada had a much better game yesterday. Um, they strung passes. There was a there was a couple sequences there where they they put together like eight or nine passes, and then you know. The execution of the of the final pass wasn't there, but you know they seem they didn't they didn't seem really all that phased by you know Azteca or or anything really like that. But I mean, it's also you know like you, like you said, I mean the fact of the matter is you know Mexico with a little more effort, I guess could have could have probably you know put a couple more in. I think that the thing with with what happened last night is uh, there was very little penetration. I think that's really down to who played in place of Irving Lozano? Because Lozano on Friday was really any time he chose, he was he was penetrating. Uh, yes, Ronnie, I know what you're going to say. I'm just you know, it's the right That's word. What she said. Right I, was just, I was just waiting for the right moment. I, I he fat I mean, he got he on Friday he was able to get you know behind him every single time that pretty much that he any chance that he got he did it. Fabian is not really that kind of player, and in this kind of system, you don't really need playmakers out wide. I mean, you can so, kind of get so, away with it. So not even, man. I don't really remember Fabian really doing much of anything offensively. I mean, Fabian looked better playing as a nueve Friday night than he did last night. I agree. He just didn't. He just he's one of those players that really did not. He needs to be much in the middle of the field. His strength is in the middle of the field. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't have the pace to play on the wing. No. I mean, he has a terrific shot, and I think that he has, you know, a vision that certain players may, you know, may or may not have. But, but yeah, he was – but, you know, this is why, you know, in a game like this, even though it was an official match and it was worth three points, sometimes can be valuable because as, as much as it is to see where players can play, you can also figure out where players can't. You know, the, right now, especially with the U.S., where, you know, the, the fans, you know, tear their hair out when they – See players play out of position. I think we saw that a little bit yesterday, with, with especially with Fabian playing out wide. But again, you know, now we know. You know, now Osorio has that information. I'm sure he wrote with a little red pen in his little book about Marco Fabian. Sabes que Marco, let's let's keep you on the inside. You know, I don't think that that, that playing out wide really works for you. And I was a little disappointed 
that we didn't see because of that. We maybe we should have seen uh, uh Brizuela play out there or even I mean frankly I think Orbelin is the kind of guy that can play anywhere. So I was I was hoping to see those two guys uh, at least one of those two guys or both play a little bit because I think that they certainly uh could have done so. But I think what it also does is it, it leaves the door open for both Giovanni and Vela because, you know, as great as Edvin is, you know, he's still only 20 years old and yeah. he's going to hit walls. And, you know, for, for a kid his age, it's going to be how fast can you react to that and get yourself going again? Because sometimes, you know, youngsters tend to uh, go into deeper slumps and not get out of it as quickly. But I do notice, however, that despite all odds, and we didn't even, we only mentioned him once, we didn't mention him three times. So we did not do the the La Volpe charm, but I do see that Fernando Regino has joined us. Fernando, how are you? Oh, I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. Were you able to uh, find your telephone? Yeah, it was actually not mine. It was my friend's. Um, and I, I was, you know, I think because, you know, Apple is such a superior product, it was easy to locate. We called the cops. The cops came in, picked it up for us, and gave it to us. Do you think Ricardo Lavolpe uses an Apple phone or Android phone? You know, um, <laughs> I, you know, I'm pretty sure he would. But I'm, I'm pretty sure, like, you know, that little dragon uh, that they use at the label, it was probably inspired by him, you know? Hey, Pern, what was the description of the person that stole your phone? Actually, no. It wasn't stolen. Uh, I guess oh. uh, my friend lost it, and it, it was actually her teacher who found it. What's the description of your friend? <laughs> you think they could have pawned it? You think they could have pawned it? And then told no you they stole they it? The pawners are not stupid. They're going to know that it's locked. Now, I will notice, and it's something that we talked about earlier today, at least on our on our private chat. Ronnie, you said something that I thought was very true. You said that in a game like that, we need players that have that that, that uh, genialidad individual. Yes, unlock, uh, unlock it, in, the, in, the, in the private chat, I mentioned a quote from uh, Menotti where he says, "Genialidad uh, uh, esquemas." Basically, you know that that's that sort of like sheer brilliant, you know, play can sometimes break down a, a, a strategy. And when you're facing teams at bunker, obviously, you know that type of play from Tecatito can break a, a, a bunker, but you can't you can't rely on that, you know, game in game out, you know. And I, and I said in our private chat that. Breaking the bunker, it could be done. Barcelona, Barcelona does it day in and day out, every every weekend. Uh, now, because they got no, no, they have the luxury of of fielding out of the the world's top ten players. They have seven of them. So, but but hey, the the bunker also I, works against Barcelona from time to time. They know, they struggle. But, but, I I know we talk about Messi. I know we talk about all these great players. But keep in mind, the bulk that started this. You know, you know that started the, uh, you know, their greatness from Cantera. I mean, from from their from the youth camp because I mean these kids are are, are instilled from five years old, six years old. This is the way we're going to play. I mean, that's our style. Not that's only how that, but when when Barcelona practices, and it's something that, I've, that Martin has talked about, they don't practice on a full field. They practice on one quarter of a field. Yeah, that's, it's, that's it's, where they practice. It's, it's, Spacios reducidos, yeah, reduced spaces. Uh, but no, but uh, so, I mean, I was frustrated the second game uh, because... Did you get mad? It, no, no, but I, I know that we're going to see 
we're going to see the same thing we saw last time where teams go into Azteca. They're going to park the bus. Now, what worries me is that Canada doesn't didn't have a striker. They didn't have any like people up front that actually had any sort of decent skill. Trapping, I mean, at, at the first hint of, of pressing, they couldn't even trap a basic, you know, a, a, a pass. Now, once we play Costa Rica, once we play uh, even Honduras, uh, even to the U.S., some of the U.S. players, that, you know, that have better, you know, better skill than Canada, they may they may score on a set piece, they may get a uh, a shot on goal, and you know, scoring on a set piece, uh, corner kick, uh, you know, you know, you know, be- beating Mexico's. Uh, Lobbing a ball over Mexico's, you know, uh, lobbing a ball over their defense. Now let me ask you this. One on one. Let me ask you this. I, I know mean, that, that we they, they score like that, and then we're going to bunker, and they're going to bunker. We understand your concerns. Mm-hmm. I had, I've had the same concern uh, at least starting in you know 2009, 2010. Definitely had it in the last one, but I was saying to myself, well, you know, we've got guys that can, you know, as you were saying, we have genialidad. We have guys that have that genialidad can put in. Romper los esquemas. Unfortunately, none of those guys ever did. I'm talking about Giovanni, who couldn't do it. Chicharito is not the kind of player. Although his, he had a couple of plays in Vancouver that really, really impressed me with the way that he was maneuvering the bar, maneuvering the ball with his feet, which I thought was really un Chicharito like. I mean, it was really very technical. I was very impressed. John, John yes. Yeah, I was just gonna mention. Gio does deserve does deserve a little bit of love for uh, for that one uh, goal he got against Howard. Oh, there's no question. There's no question. Yet. What I'm saying is is that, but that was in the World Cup when it came to the qualifying. You know, Giovanni disappeared. Chicharito disappeared. Vela obviously was nowhere nowhere to be found. You know, Guardado had about it. the only player, the only Mexican player that that, that showed up for the hexagonal was Oribe. And let's face it, Oribe is not the kind of player that's going to have ese tipo de genialidad para romper esquemas. Now, I think we do have players now. More I'm going to disagree with you there, John. How uh, dare regard- you, sir? How dare you? <laughs> in regards to Chicharito now, uh, obviously he's not the guy that's going to break uh, uh, you know, break down a defense with the ball at his feet. <clears throat> but I think his movement without the ball and uh, you know his just his work rate uh, – even in the past X, even when he wasn't finishing, he was he was getting into the spaces that he needed to get that were that would uh as long as he had a guy that could uh that see his you know on the same page with him as far as his movement and you know now especially in Germany I think they've done a really good job Bayern uh kind of polishing him up uh you know in his in his uh as far as his skills and he's. You know, his touch is a lot better. His, uh, oh, there, his I, I, I agree with you 100%. No, I'm, I, I don't. I don't feel like you're you're disagree with me at all. I think that that's absolutely the case. And and you know, one thing we can say about Chicharito that if there, there's any part of his game that is world class, absolute world class, one of the best in the world, it's it's how he moves off the ball. There's no question that yeah. that, that that he is peerless in that category. Now to, to to break the bunker aside from aside from being able to play well in reduced spaces, one of the th- you know one of the things that you're going to need is you're also going to need uh, players like Layun who can take shots and I've said this before that can take shots from long range because at that point you know if, if they know that you're going to take a shot from you know past 18 yards you're going to pull a mark or two 
Right. So I mean, now if now if but Layuna, if he's going to put him on the left side and he's going to tack in and go in right footed, you're also going to need that going in from the from the other side, you know. And I don't know if we if we have that player like Layun that has you know pretty good shot going in from the left, you know, going in from a, a natural lefty, you know, being on the right side, right flank, and coming in. Because at that point you can you can pull you can pull a mark coming in, you know if they know you're going to take a, a shot on goal. And like you, I mean, he's true. I mean, no, no, no. Right. All he got, no, but yeah, exactly. He came in with his right foot. We're talking about coming in from the right, and 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 and, and, and rather than going down the flank, you're going in, and you're going to take a shot with you know you're going to take a shot with your left. Um. And I mean, those are. I think. I mean, I'm I'm trying to think. It's like, how the hell are we going to break those goddamn? You know, how are we going to break the bunker? How are we going to break the bunker? Because you know it's going to happen, and it's going to frustrate it. It's going to keep. It's going to frustrate the team. You know. You know they're going to start booing the players, and even the press. When the press starts attacking Osorio, I don't know how he's going to react. Dude, the press has already started attacking. They they haven't stopped attacking Osorio. No. I was watching. Uh, was it Football Picante? Over the weekend, and even after the, the the, I mean, I mean, I'm sorry. All right, I mean, Mexico played as close to a perfect game as they could play up in Canada. I know that Canada is very, you know, we, we know about Canada, we get it, but you still have to play the game. And 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 for them to to, to I mean, they're just they're criticizing. It, it reminds me of how when 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 the President Obama does something and he does something right and it's good. The, the other side just has to criticize it just because that's the position they've taken. And that's the position a lot of the press has taken. Well, I've already made my bed with the fact that I think that Osorio is not the guy. So it doesn't matter what he does, every decision he makes, I'm going to criticize regardless of what it is. And and there's a huge faction of the press that's already done that. You can't that's deny it. That's become irrelevant. You can't deny that. But they're you not know, irrelevant for it because they shape public opinion, unfortunately. It's just... It's just the reality of the situation. You, you know, one interesting thing about Osorio's team thus far is they haven't conceded a goal. I don't know. I don't remember. I can't. My memory, you know, my memory's kind of bad. I don't know if with Chepo in the, the last uh, pre-head. Drunk, they drunk go. stupid. There's no way to go through life, son. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, well, I'm not drunk anymore, so I guess the, la- the first part isn't true. Okay. <laughs> well, it has been a while. I, I, well, in the... Uh, you know, uh, we had the same start back in in, in in the Chepo regime where they in the in the semifinal, they won all six of the games, got 18 points, and I don't think they gave up a goal on that either. If I'm not well, they did. They gave up two goals throughout those games, but I think there's a very clear difference between even that Chepo team at the time because, I mean, I think there's you could see kind of get get a feel for what Asodio wants from the players. Uh, you don't see a lot of players don't get a lot of touches. There's a lot of movement. And I think that uh, you mentioned this on Friday, the constant movement, just not just from the forwards, but from pretty much any player on the field. If the ball is near them, they're moving towards the ball or away from the ball, creating passing lanes. I think that's important because even during Chepo's unbeaten run in the, in the second round of, of the qualifiers, whatever, four years ago, um, the team still didn't really look all that good. I mean, they lost. Yeah, they were not convincing at they all. They lost some of that luster. You know, they had that built up during the Gold Cup, most notably during the Gold Cup final, which is which was about as free flowing as any Chepa team ever was. You know, um, 
I think Osoni is, you know, he's talked about this. I'm not sure the press really listens to what he says, but, you know, he always talked about having any player with the ball should have at least two options. Uh, so you can get rid of the ball or pass the ball. And I think if you watch, if you watch any given moment in time and if the center back has the ball, immediately there's Guardado or Herrera and, and whatever uh, fullback is on that side, they sort of come near him to, to the outlets. And, 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 and that creates space for other guys uh, up front to move around and find other spaces. I think there's a clear idea at play, and I think the players are, are buying into it. And, and, and uh, I think execution has been pretty good so far. I mean, probably more so on Friday than yesterday. But even yesterday, despite the fact that we didn't score a lot of goals, and obviously I'm not part of the team. I don't know why I said we, but it's kind of a force of habit. But you know there was some semblance of of an idea at least at least in the first 50 minutes. I think after the 60th minute, the, the game just pretty much like just went to shit. It was I, I don't even know if I remember anything notable happening the last 30 minutes. Are you on the, the, wagon, Are you on the well, bandwagon? Am I on the bandwagon? I've been on the bandwagon yeah. from day one, man. All right. Just are, you, are you on the bandwagon, Juan? Have you? Is, is, uh, you, is it, are you a toda máquina? Are you pita pita maquinita? Are you ready to go? <laughs> God, please, <laughs> dude. You know what? Uh, I, I I was withholding judgment, but yeah, man, I, I'm on. You know, it, it, it rem- I don't know if you guys remember. You know, Vasco's uh, the on the on the Sibian, Sibian. I uh, know that's your brand, dude. No, I, I just said you said maquinita. <laughs> you know, I was about to say this team plays. I was about to say this team plays a lot like uh, Mario Carrillo, uh, Mario Carrillo's uh, uh, Club America. But now that you said that, uh, Ronnie, I'll take it back. Uh, <laughs> wow! Wow! El Cafe. Joel, Joel, before hey. we just descends in the madness, did you have something to say, Joel? Are you gonna? Well, while it... we were on the subject here, comparing the team to Chepo's, I, I think the most obvious thing is this team is way better, as it should be. But player for player. This team is is a superior team, and Chepo Chepo had uh, he was beginning to put in new players, and you you saw some of the old card uh, that had they were leaving like uh, not the old Barrera, guard transition he, excuse. It's not an excuse. That's a reality, dude. Uh, no, wait, Chepo wait, had wait, a hang on, hang on, Joel. We gotta, we gotta, we're gonna, if you're gonna do this, we gotta do it right. No, fantasy. <laughs> What is your major malfunction, numbnuts? It's reality yep. check time with Jolie. Those young people are about to get a dose of reality. That's your <laughs> explain that some more. <laughs> <laughs> no, when uh, yeah, there was a lot of players that that were coming into the, they were coming into the fold at that time, and uh, some of them started off good, and then by the hex. They they just as you were saying it er, uh, earlier, their form was just it became very bad. Guardado was, wasn't playing anywhere near as good as he's playing now. Not even Layun. If, if you guys go back to how Layun played at the Gold Cup, at that time he, he was he told, told he, parties de la, culpa de Layun. Yeah, he couldn't even send the cross to save his life, and now he's he's just dangerous every time he he has the ball at his feet, and and that was like. Marquez had been playing bad. He played bad. You know what that is? Is that these players are have better coaching? That's why this Colombiano yep. has been coaching them better. You know, no, you know what? Layun, Layun was uh, was 
like you was a bright spot of that that gold cup uh, that 2000 uh, what was it 13 yep. that 2000 gold cup it was like you was a bright spot so was Chaton except for his injuries uh so you know but you but you know what Jolie I think the thing you ignore is that Chepo remember Nestor criticized one of the reasons he that he he did criticize the coaching staff was that uh if they had stopped doing their homework if they had stopped scouting the opposition uh during the hex and uh, you know, one of the things Chepo's known for is, or, uh, you know, setting an organized defense in the back and then just kind of in the front giving the players uh, the freedom uh, to do as they wish. And, you know, sometimes, I mean, 90% of the time maybe, or, you know, 60% of the time, well, 50% of the time it works every time and the rest of the time is not going to work. Like, you know, but, but, but even, even if we're comparing players and then just how they are in their careers or how they're doing compared to how they were, there's a big difference, and you can see it with Guardado, where he was saying he was it's being mostly the same from, players, man. From it's yeah, not but the same players. They were because mostly. Uh, well, you got a base after the gold cup and going into the hex, there was Torrado, Savala, and Israel Castro. That was your midfield. Angel Reina even was part yeah. of that. Hector and, Herrera was was no one wasn't even on the radar. I mean, he didn't start playing until uh, until the hex and the hex alone. And even at that point, even he was you know he was in a slump as well. So I mean, they're, they're, they're he came from winning the what's it called the gold medal in 2012. Yeah, but yeah, he, but he, he was a starter on that team. His first game was in San Pedro Sula, I think, with the senior team, wasn't it? Remember, he came exactly. in. He came in as a sub. Yeah, actually, it was against El Salvador um, in Torreon. All right. Peña, was, that was where they got their first starts uh, in, in, in the qualifiers. It and was that was in a game that that that. that that was meaningless. So yeah, yeah, and even then, I mean, Nestor had a point. I mean, it, it didn't. That's one of those things where people complain about the rotation. <clears throat> excuse me, and the fact that Osorio is a coach that respects the rival and, and plans according to the rival. We played ten games in a hex with pretty much, pretty much the same guys, and they couldn't beat anybody. And they were constantly beaten by physical teams and. I don't see anything wrong with the coach thinking, well, you know, this team has the front six. Their front six is they're all above six foot three. Why would I put a midfield of two guys as defensive midfielders that are five three or five four or five five? But, it, it doesn't, it but Christian, I, I, ha- I would have to disagree. It's El Salvador, not El Salvador. So. Oh, I'm sorry, man. Okay. The door yeah, the yeah, don't forget, Christian, that the Academia Española is listening to this podcast. <laughs> yes, yes. yes. commenting on the YouTube. I'm going to agree with Jolie on this part. I'm sorry, Jolie. Go ahead. I'm going to agree with Jolie. I'm, I'm surprised someone's agreeing with me. Because look, no, look. When, when uh, during the hex, we had a uh, Guardado. He he was didn't the year before he struggled to he, he yeah. got kicked out of. Uh, wasn't he in Germany for a while? You know, he didn't have a good time. In Valencia, he wasn't getting playing time. He went to Germany. He kind of... They were you know, switching was, his, his position. Yeah, yeah and so he was in a slump. Cheech was in a slump. He had, uh, Mo, uh, you know, David Moyes, uh, you know... He went a year without scoring, and he, he was crying at the World Cup when he finally... I think we were all crying when he put it in. I cried when he scored. But yeah. see, that was Chepo's Did so you cry when he put it in? Peralta had gotten injured at the start of the hex, so he missed, <laughs> missed the first game. 
Remember, remember Savala? He got injured. Uh, I think right before the Olympics, he was wasn't he supposed to be one of the starters? Uh, he was. He was one of the guys that got the most playing time. And uh, hey, I think Beto also cried too. <laughs> <laughs> you you know you know I think for the World Cup, I think something that helped immensely was uh, Marquez being you know he 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 recovered his form, and uh, even surprisingly even Massa. Where everyone was predicting that he was going to get. Massa had a fantastic World Cup. Yeah, his his uh, <laughs> if you see the stats for the for the group game, his uh, his passing percentage was amongst the best. Massa's was. Huh? Massa's was. That's impressive. Yeah, it, it, he had like ninety percent. He ain't playing like that now for Cruz Azul, and that was no. the other thing. <laughs> The uh and 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 the, this is why I I I, I cannot and I, and I refuse to watch the 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 talking head shows in Mexico now. One guy I forget who it was when they had this last call up. So oh man, he's got to call up players like Massa because they have jerarquia and they've been there. Man, <laughs> have you been watching Massa play, man? He's ter he's he's yeah. nowhere near the guy he was in 2014. I mean, come on. Yeah, there's there's really no room for for him on the team. You know, I think. There's a spot open. If you looked at what Corona has been doing, Jasher Corona, he's really not pulling his weight. And you know, there's 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 a spot open. But I mean, that that spot should go to one of the younger guys. Amasa, well, who's the guy that's hurt right now? The yeah. Chief. What's his yeah. name? Who's the guy that's hurt? Uh, Pereira. No, no, no. The oh, Al- Alanis. Alanis. Yeah, yeah, pretty that much. That is trash, though. That was his. That was the spot. I mean, he was a guy that Saudi was looking at, and yeah. he got injured. And you know, I understand. But Massa, there's a lot of guys that have already finished their cycle with the national team. You know, I mean, I, I don't know why 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 they need to bring him up when the team is doing well. I mean, they, you know they, what? The, 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 uh, go ahead, Juan. Get some wiki in there, man. They gotta, you know, balance. No, 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 no WikiLeaks. <laughs> no WikiLeaks. <laughs> Can't have the WikiLeaks. What I would like to see, actually, I think that Diego Reyes is, is you know, I, I saw how well, well, for the half that Rafa played, I mean, you could just see that there was just a sense of calm, you know, regardless of the erratic start and then the first half. And some of the passes he made were just were just outstanding. I don't really think we have a player like that that can play that position where Rafa did, except for Diego Reyes. And I would I would much prefer to see Diego Reyes play if they're going to play a four three three to be the defensive uh, midfielder, and then let when Alanis gets back let Alanis and uh, and Moreno be the be the zagueros. That to me would be the ideal situation if they're if they're going to continue to play this four three three with only one. He's the old Pirlo. Old Pirlo in the last World Cup. Maybe you know that could be he could be our Rafa could be our Pirlo. Uh, it's it's unlikely, man. It's you know, man, Rafa, Rafa's already thirty. Rafa got hurt. He got hurt in this game. Oh, that's yeah, right. They had to spray his groin. That's what he's going to give you now. He's going to give you maybe maybe one half every two or three games, you know. And that's and, and then you got to wonder if it's worth it burning a spot on the roster for a guy like that. I think it is. It's absolutely worth it. Well, I guess for a spot on the roster, that would have been. Now we do have to talk about something else that's uh, happened over the over the week. And it's a conversation that we've had in the past, and I think it's a conversation that bears having again. As you guys know, and, and here on the Los Acero podcast, we have a we have a strict policy that when it comes to situations like this, we have to let Ronnie speak first. 
Hey, wait, wait before you go, before you go any further. about wanna... the rash Ronnie Kisa posting pictures? Wait, wait, I want to talk about, uh, I don't know if you guys read about that, um, the reason why he subbed, uh, Osorio subbed in Chicharito uh, yesterday, uh, why he subbed them in, because the crowd was, he tried to cheer up the crowd, supposedly. I don't know if that's something that you guys already talked about already. We hadn't talked about it, but, uh, you know, I don't, I mean, when they were up 2-0, I don't necessarily think that Chicharito was going to play. It was interesting that he would do that. Uh, now, speaking of the crowd, I think that this is uh, something that, in in my personal opinion, again, doesn't bother me, that the chant doesn't bother me, but it bothers other people, and it bothers other people of import. Oh and, my God! Uh, hey, I'm telling you, we we had this discussion offline. I think it's time never. Of course, we're talking about the puto champ. I know that that some of you feel very strongly about it, and that's great. But to me, I think it's run its course. I think that there's other things that people can say, and especially when there's a possibility that there's that that that, that FIFA could crack down pretty hard on Mexico. And other countries, because it's not just Mexico that does this. I know that Chile and some of the South American countries do it as well. So, but I do want to let Ronnie get first crack because I know that he's very passionate about this topic. So, uh, but without further ado, it's time for Ronnie's rant. Ronnie's rant. I don't know what we're yelling about. Thank you, John. Thank you, John. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, look. For the record, I have never said that at a game, all right? Uh, you know, I believe it or not, I'm actually kind of mellow when I go to games. Uh, I don't like to, you know, hang around with the common people, so, you know. But anyhow. Uh, That's not surprising at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, but here's my beef with it, uh, with this. First of all, I think, you know, in, in this age of social justice warriors, it's just the flavor of the month, you know, you know, Obviously, gay rights in the past couple of years have gained a lot of traction. So a lot of people just jump on the band, you know, on the on the wagon, and you know, think that they're activism, you know, activists now. But I, I don't think that FIFA has a leg to stand on on this because they awarded their two the the, the next two consecutive World Cups. They're going to be in Russia and Qatar, who have abysmal records in human rights. Both, you know, homosexuality is illegal in both countries. And, you know, the governments, you know, they don't do anything about it. Uh, so, I mean, how the hell are you going to find Mexico, Peru, Argentina, Uruguay for homophobic chants at a stadium when you award your biggest prize, you know, the World Cup, your moneymaker, to two countries that have piss poor records, you know, in human rights violations, it, it's it's madness. It's just just it's just hypocrisy at the highest level. And basically, you're just trying to save. You know, you're you're basically it's a, it's a classic misdirection. You know, you're you you you're making basically doing it for appearances only, because it, it, you're not solving the problem. I mean, if if, if FIFA really had a, you know, uh, if they were really you know hell bent. On, 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 you know, fixing this, you know, dis, you know, or at, at least making it aware that hey, we're not going to tolerate this. All right, well, put your money where your mouth is. Take away those goddamn World Cups from uh, from Russia and Qatar. And then I believe you. I, I may not agree with you, but at least you know what you, you, you're acting on your principles. 
because if you don't, you're just a piece of shit, in, you know, in, in my book. That are just, you know, that you're basically a slacktivist. And that to me, that that to me just pisses me off. Your voice is shaking. No, no, I, 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 I can feel the emotions going through the phone. <laughs> What's that? No, Ronnie, you're absolutely right. I mean, everything that you said is absolutely right. That the, the, the only reason the FIFA's taking the stance is just to take the pressure off of them because, let's face it, this is an organization that hasn't quite had the best PR over the past couple of years with all the corruption charges and, as you said, the fact that they were they had awarded the uh, World Cups not only to Russia and Qatar, who not only have abysmal... Uh, records when it comes to not records but policies when it comes to homosexuality. We're talking about just human rights in general. Yeah, the, the working the working conditions are, are, yeah, are the horrendous. Crisis right now and just in building their their 18 stadiums or whatever it is that they're going to build for the World Cup. You're absolutely right. Now my question, now, now the point I have is that regardless of what we think, they're still the ones that make the law. And as as hypocritical as we can we we can stand here and, and call them out. For their BS, for sig- sig- singling Mexico and these other countries out, there is a very real and strong possibility that we're going to start seeing a process of okay, well, we find you this time. The next time is going to be this. No, I understand. No, I I, I, I I understand that completely. Completely. But you know, if I'm the Mexican Federation, even if you get you know if you get sanctioned, you, there's still a recourse. You know, internal recourse. So, I mean, you, you go to them and say, okay, you want to find me for homophobic cha- charts, and you're going to basically endanger the possibility of me attending or, or you know, or, or qualifying to a World Cup for homophobic chants in a venue that is, that does not respect, uh, homo, uh, you know, homosexual, uh, marriages, you know, same sex marriages. It's, 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 just, it's like they just don't respect. They, they, they don't resp- – anyway. Now, so, here's, here's my, my quick and easy solution. Just change uh-huh. the O to an A. You're exactly. You're done. <laughs> then it becomes a sexist chant, and it's a whole right. different can of worms. But, you know, and I mentioned it before. And Is misogyny it. worse than homophobia? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you you or, know what, I, I agree with Ronnie, man, because, look. The Atlas Porras, the we the Club America Porras, the the their barras, they they chanted at the stadium. So obviously that Every, means the, the, I've the, heard it at FC Dallas. <laughs> Every single chance. So exactly. Yeah. So if, if the Atlas Porra and the Club America Porras chanted, that obviously is not offensive to homosexuals. No, but here, but here, here again, are we going to stop? Are we going to start referring to Atlas? Are we going to stop referring to Atlas as Las Margaritas? I mean, it, it, it also has that. Refer to Morelia as monarcas. <laughs> but uh, I think that has to do something more with the with the flat or with the butterflies, though. But uh, no, it's just. But I mean, you know, right now it, it's 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 same sex, you know, marriage. That's that's obviously a, a big issue. But I mean, now you know the whole you know body shaming and stuff like that. And I, and I mentioned to you this to you guys, I think in a private chat, when I was at the, at the 2006 World Cup. In Dortmund, I, I saw Brazil play what two, three times. I saw them play against Australia. I saw them play against Ghana, and there were chants uh, referring to Ronaldo's uh, weight. Remember, he he went into that World Cup little, you know, some couple pounds overweight. 
Gordinho. Gordinho, la pancinha, and, sh and stuff like that. You know, it's funny you mentioned that, Ronnie, because Canada's response, the Canadian fans' response to the puto chant was to yell, you fat bastard. You hear that at, at the Philadelphia Union games. Yeah, you fat bastard. So I'm thinking, obviously, overweight kids born out of wedlock start crying when they hear that. Well, I mean, that's going to be the whole thing. I mean, the, the whole body, you know, body shaming and stuff like that. I'm, obviously, they have, you know, uh, a big girls right now on Maxim and Sports Illustrated, you know, so, you know, guys can feel good about tugboating, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> some some girls are bigger than others. No, but I know some of the guys. You on the, on the still want to show me your cute? I know, some, I know some of the guys on the podcast left the tugboat, but uh, that's a different <laughs> topic. Isn't that but why you have your sartén? Where is Chiki's? Chiki's where is he? I don't know. Chiki says traveling. <laughs> our, our resident Mormon. That's why I'm I'm actually I've logged in as him. So in order for us to have our our podcast tonight, and I had some. I had some Azteca Stadium uh, questions, and he's not even here. It is very shameful of him. Maybe he'll join us a little bit later. I'm not sure. Maybe if he'll uh, be able to log on in, in another manner for us to, to, to talk to him. Now, here's my question. Is this chant going to go away by no. the end of, let's say, this year? But, but, but before the heck, by the heck. No? Yes. End of the year. It's gone. No. They're just will the, you miss it? That's my next question. Are you going to miss it? No again. No. Are you going to miss it, Juan? Uh, yeah, I think, I mean, it, you know, it's very unique. I think, uh, you know, and it's, it's to me, it's like a harmless fun, but... Uh, but clearly it's not harmless anymore, so, I mean... Uh, I don't know. I mean, look, you think a pacifist is, is, uh, is, is uh, offended when people chant fight and win, you know? Absolutely. No, no, I, I hear what you're saying. I mean, I'm just... You know, uh, the the World Cup in 2006 and the World Cup in 2010, uh, I sat pitch side most games, you know, that I covered uh, taking photographs. And, I mean, I would sit, obviously, with a lot of photographers from, you know, all you know parts of the, you know, of the world. And, you know, they would just get a kick out of it. You know, they they thought it was funny. You know, the the, the that chant. You know, and I you know I remember you know you know sitting with guys from like Eastern Europe and stuff like that, and like you know they they would approach me, hey, what what are, what does that mean? And you know I'd explain to them or try to explain to them in English, you know what it you know what it means. But, you know, it's and, funny and, because like when I think of that word, I don't I don't think you know obviously one of the and and then again this is just me speaking. It's not something that I would advocate saying because I, I, I really hate this word. But a lot of people think that it's the equivalent of saying faggot, which – but in Mexico, it's not used like that. I think that, 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 that there's a major disconnect there because when yeah, I think of the word, I, I think that when I want to say it, you say it's, it's a mother effort. That, that's the way I translate. But <laughs> in case, you know, other, other parts of the world, that's not the case. But again, the thing is, is, is it – you know, it can go away. Uh, a gentleman on our on our chat says instead of saying "eh puto," they should say "eh corrupto," which I kind of like. I think, yeah, yeah you know, that, 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 that would that, that would work. Well, how about we propose it like rather than like "eh puto," we go "eh ooh," like that little like that feminine kind of like "ooh," you know. 
No. You're not saying, you're not saying no. a bad word. You're, it's not a word. I, please, don't, don't do it again. <laughs> let's, 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 let's hashtag it. Uh, you, know, you, know? you know, let's just start with RG fans, me, because those guys, they got some crazy fans. Exactly. Right? They, let's they see what Argentina does, and then Mexico will copy it three months later like they always do. John, I think, right. I think yelling corruto would be pretty cool. Oh, you know which one better? Eh, gringo! Someone mute him. <laughs> but what if we just say putazo? Because then that could be a compliment. That's true. <laughs> sorry, Negative, sorry. They, they, sorry, they're going to say it's going to. They're going to say it's inciting violence. We just need to like uh, educate this FIFA and everybody else who thinks this is a bad word. It's not. It's, uh, it's not. It is a bad word. You know but, it's a bad word. Pern, I'm I thought you, a I thought you were a social yet. justice warrior, Pern. You what are you talking fuck? about? You're I'm so not. That's just at home in it, man. That's not. You're trying to discredit me for no reason. No, you are a social justice. <laughs> Absolutely not. You know. You know what though? It's what do you think the, What are the Mexican fans gonna react with? Because you know these guys. Were, you know, it's, it's gonna be something like sarcastic and even more ironic. Well, see, which, and that's the well, problem. That's another huge problem, and you guys all know this is that. The vast majority, you know, when when that and I saw that that campaign came out, I did the. What was your first reaction? My first reaction was, this is going to backfire terribly. Of course it did. I mean, I think this was a, but this was a the first necessary step in order to get rid of it. If you're the FMF, let's ask There's nicely. No question. Yeah, they, they have to. You know, my, my first reaction was bola de putos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It is pretty gay that they target. They target Mexico, <laughs> and you have like EPL where it's it's even worse. Well, see, and here's the thing that, especially when it comes to American fans, you know, American fans that are listening to us, and you know, always love to puff out their chest when it comes to anything Mexico to to, to try and knock it down. I've been going to the Texas OU game in Dallas at the Cotton Bowl for the past 22, 23 years. I've I've only missed a couple in that time, and. During that game, uh, Texas has their little fight song that they play, and at the end, the, the crowd sings, give them hell, give them hell, go horns, go, is what you're supposed to say. But the crowd says, give them hell, give them hell, and then out of, of 45,000, because it's split right down the middle, yell in unison, OU sucks. Crowd loves it, I think it's fantastic. My question is, isn't OU sucks the equivalent of St. Puto? Yes or no? Because yeah, what is what is OU sucking? If you're a social ju- what, justice warrior, yes. If we're gonna treat the word puto like it's some sort of like, you know, uh, this grandiose sort of insult, despite the fact that it has a certain context, there's a certain syntax, and it's part of a certain vernacular in Mexico, uh, then yeah, that would be if you were to translate it, you know, offensively, it'd kind of be the same thing. But that's the thing with this kind of stuff. Like, where do you draw the line? Who is gonna who is the next in line to get offended? You guys kind of touched on this. It's, uh, it's a huge can of worms. I think the Federation and the video thing was cute, I guess. It was kind of cute. But uh, what did they think was going to happen? Of course people are not going to take it seriously. A lot of people were like, I didn't even know that was a thing. They were, they were, no, that video was about. cringeworthy, man. It was horrible. I seriously couldn't. Only got to Diego Reyes and I had to turn it off. I, 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 I had no idea what did it was you, about. Fernando, did you turn it off before your man crush came on? Uh-oh. <laughs> what are you talking about? Hey, oh, you know Pern, exactly what Pern, I'm talking Pern. about. Like when you saw like the campaign to like drop the eye, did you just get on board? 
to drop the what the eye <laughs> to drop yeah drop the eye. What, what are you talking about? I like like that. drop the drop the illegal you know alien. <laughs> you know what? Tra- uh, to me that 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 was a stupid campaign whatever because it's almost like our podcast Dos Acero right we're making fun of ourselves. Same uh-huh. thing, illegal shoot, like, you know, kind of, like, make fun of ourselves, too, you know? Okay, okay. Because the color's illegal. Okay, you know? okay. No, I just want to know, I just want to just, you know, you know, gauge, you know, test you out. Because I know you're yeah. a yeah. justice what? warrior. I was going to say, don't the English, they have one chant, I've heard that they're, your, your sister is your mother, or yeah. uh, your father is your brother? Yeah. You got crazy yeah. chants like that. I mean, are those? Yeah, they, yeah. You can. Uh, there's actually a, pre- a YouTube page that has just like English chants. I mean, they're just. I mean, some of them are just funny as hell. But yeah, I've heard that one on there. But well, you know, wonder... uh, again, the, the point is here is is that you know that FIFA is out for blood. They want to. They. I. I. I firmly believe they want to make an example of somebody, and and for that reason and that reason only, I think that this is something that maybe needs to start. Getting paid. Well, I think let, that's why the federation is getting involved, and I think that we have to ask ourselves for this kind of thing. And there actually is in Scotland, the police, and it's more of an internal thing for Scotland, but the police are they do sort of crack down on this kind of stuff. You know, with the the Rangers and Celtic games, there are things that they don't allow people to chant, mostly religious, because you know it's a religious. Uh, it's got religious connotations over there. Their 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 derby, what they you know what they call their derby. Uh, they they do kick people out of stadiums and they do ban people from from going to the stadiums for certain things and an offensive uh, what they deem offensive. So not sure how that relates to this particularly, but there is sort of a precedent there. And and John, you're right. FIFA is just trying to like I mean it. The whole thing is to me it's laughable. Ronnie had it. Pretty much on point. You are going to host the next two World Cups in countries that are not very friendly towards homosexual uh, rights or agendas, and and somehow this is what you want to focus on. Uh, the whole thing sucks, man. It's laughable. Help! Help! Uh, I'm being repressed. It's just honestly. Are they going to get their bread money back if they crack down on Mexico? Well, here's the thing. <laughs> I mean, are you really going to risk, is FIFA really going to risk not having Argentina, not having Mexico, not having Uruguay in a World Cup over this? I mean, let it, it's going to pass. Hopefully it passes. Well, see, that's I mean, the thing. It's, it's a, let, it, let, it, let it die natural death. No, no, not Hopefully the chant. This is something not not that, the chant. The, 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 the pussification, you know, of, of, you know, of society. I mean, it's words, dude. I mean, just let it die. I mean, let them whine. I mean, it seems it seems like everything. Everybody's becoming a got bunch of damn millennials that think. I mean, that they're just whining about everything. It's time for Ronnie's rant. <laughs> Ronnie's rant. <laughs> yeah. I agree. I agree with Ronnie. How long before they? There's, there's Sorry, a lot of faggy fans now. It is, oh, they, dude. They want, I mean, they want safe space in the stadium, dude. I mean, I'm I'm Watch from, from the last generation. I'm from the last generation. Where you could still hit kids in, in in schools, you know. I was from the I guess you know from the last generation I where coaches would. Be, yeah, I know. I mean, I'm from the last generation where we didn't have participation trophies. We didn't, you know, uh, our the coaches would ream into us, screaming at us, belittle us, and like then we madre. and then we would have co- you know our parents right behind them, you know, bitching at us too. You know, it's like it, it made you tougher. It made you have thicker skin. 
And you know, it's like Jesus Christ. I mean, it, I mean, it's like I'm offended because they're offended. You know, it's 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 like one of those is like Jesus Christ. Just get over it. I mean, you're at a game. You're trying to get under people's skin. I mean, even in boxing, you know, most boxers say that the fight starts as soon as the contract. You know, as soon as they uh, they sign the contract, so they try to intimidate each other. Use psychological warfare. That's what you're trying to use. I mean, you're trying to get under someone's skin. But do you honestly believe that the Puto Chan is uh, getting under goalie's skin? Honestly, I think I think that well, well, I I think it works because no, 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 I'll I'll ask you I'll ask you the question. Let me ask you the question. No, no, well, that. But here, say you had Marquito Fabian. I what? How did he say? You know, basically, you know, like, please don't let you know. Palabras duelen. Yeah, palabras duelen, like, oh, and, like, I remember Carlos Albert just had a field day with him about that. You know, so obviously it does hurt. Um, And, I mean, I know that everybody's seen, or I know you guys have seen the video. Yeah, but that's totally different. I mean, that's him reading what's going on with him in the papers. I mean, mean, at a game, honestly, I mean, you... Absolutely not, John. I totally agree with you. The goalkeeper knows that every other goalkeeper is getting receiving the exact same chant every time the team plays whoever. So they know it's not actually personal. So I'm sure the goalkeepers are, if if anything, they ignore it. I'm sure most ignore it. Some probably find it amusing. If you're yeah. close, if if, if the fans are close to the stadium, I think it, it I think it can affect the uh, the goalkeeper. I've I never mean, seen one goalie miss kick a goal kick. Because somebody you know was yelling at him. You know oh, what I've seen? Ronnie's I've seen, seen it. I've oh. seen the goalies. I've seen the goalies try to disrupt the chant. I don't know if you guys have noticed that. Like the crowd will be like, "Hey!" and then the goalie will will pretend he's gonna run up to take the kick, and then he, he you yes. know he he starts his run up, and then he backs off and starts it over. And so I think in, you know it does mess with the goalie in that respect, where it kind of throws off their game a little, and they start trying to you know troll the crowd, so to speak. Well, can, can, can we agree that this is the last time we'll talk about this ridiculous topic? I'm sure it's not, because uh, um, until the next time they until they find him again, or or until FIFA decides to to up it, and we'll we'll have a different discussion as to now are they going to get rid of it? Because I think once fans start uh, being denied access to actually go to the games, then they'll shut up. Yeah, you have to remember that there's a vast, a huge swath of of Mexicans that that believe that impunity is a basic human right. I mean, that's that's just the reality. So, you know, and I, and, and just reading responses from people that have written articles about this, like, oh, it's not a fan. It just the whole thing. I mean, again, just you know, in my opinion, it was fun. We had a good time with it. It's now when it becomes a problem. It's time to go. It's becoming a problem whether we like it or not. And because of that, you know what? Let's think of something else to yell. Something else that'll be, that, oh, that's hilarious. Let's see that for the next couple of years and be done with it. You know it's going to be worse. You know it's going to get worse. You know the you next know. one that comes out is going to get, you know, it's going to be worse. More offensive. Man, they're going to say like, Americanista. You're right. Uh, it would be worse. Oh, be no. Margarita. Yeah. Yeah. No one wants to hear that at the stadium. That'd be automatic. Well, how, hey, how about we automatic use the video? Like, ah, muerta almohadista. <laughs> Can we do that? <laughs> no? Yeah, let's do that one. 
right. All right, settled. Well, that's, that, that's a lot of syllables. I mean, I think the other one only has two, so you want to run a, you know, li- limit it to two. Limit it to two. What can, what can we do with two? Mm, I'm going to have to think about this one. Yeah, well, what if you say backwards? You... Topu. Just say the syllables backwards. Topu. That's good. That's good. Some guy, somebody <laughs> mute this guy. Well, you know, it's funny because that reminds me of that of that goal celebration from the SG era when Mexico, Tomar Bravo scores a goal and he gets all his buddies together and they get in the little trenecito and the, tra- and the train goes backwards. Only, only in Mexico. Okay, <laughs> well, that uh, wraps up our, our little segment again. Hopefully we we'll won't have to talk about this again, but as Daniel pointed out, we probably will. That it probably will be during the Copa America. I, I got it. I got it. How about like when the the, the keeper's about to uh, kick, like the, the entire stadium is like they go ah, and then like you just bust out into an orgasm. Ah, you know. Hey everybody! <laughs> you're so like you're so one track minded. Is that Rodney Dangerfield? <laughs> yeah, that's Dangerfield. <laughs> It's yeah. the difference between single and married people, you know? What if you, instead of saying puto, you say, ay, puñetas? <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, that's... Uh, or what's wrong with mamón? Can we just say mamón? That's not the same thing. He says mamando. No, yeah. That's oh. actually homophobic. No, it's not. God, I was trying to do with it. Oh, yeah. my man! Just could work. They could, they could do, uh, they could get sponsorships from that. Kistos Mamando and then cut, yeah. cut to a Coca-Cola commercial or something. <laughs> Remember forever, Univision no, used to cut it out. I'm sorry. Univision. Excuse me. Univision. <laughs> All right. Gentlemen, before we uh, wrap up the show here, we've got uh, just a few more minutes left. Liga MX kicks back up. Big, big game. I believe it's Sunday night. I believe they cambiaron horario porque están, porque tienen miedo, if I'm not mistaken. Pumas, oh. <laughs> Chivas, at the, what's what's the name of the stadium? Chivas. Is it like a Estadio Chiva now? Yes, it is. It Chibu? is, John. Yeah, hey, it's it's no longer the only game, life. Man. The biggest game is León contra Rayados this weekend. The two, who? One of the two biggest teams. Right Rayados now. lost to a oh. trash team. Pern. What's up with That's that? That's right. Hey, what was the score? What was the score? It was the score. What was the, the, the last official game the Monterrey played, Fernando? What happened? Well, you know, it, it, all the great teams stumbled. <laughs> you know, so. I stuttered, man. I don't know what to say. <laughs> hey, where where was the game played? It's like the, the connection's not that good. Where was the game played? Uh, Internet lag, right? Pern, Pern, Mohamed Lavarra let me down, dude. I was expecting him to put that final nail in Almeida's coffin, and he just he blew the lid wide coach. open, dude. He, he, he hey, had you a know good what? Tactic, a good, a good plan, and he it actually worked out on the best team. In you the know what, Pern? Though Mohamed has always spread his cheeks for Chivas. He did it as a player. He lost that final with Toros Nesa, which is like 5-0. He, he, lost, he lost last season to Chivas again. Was Mohamed the guy that, that bleached his hair when he played? Yeah, that's the same guy, dude. Yeah. He just... So, so if, 
So in that miracle that my team reaches the the playoffs, you know, and and they face Monterrey, I think we have a good chance. Because I'm, of Mohamed. I'm not gonna disagree. Yeah, Mohamed you know, he likes to spread and cheat. Great coach, man. And he has a great tactics, and you know they don't work all the time. But you know, right there, he he outplayed uh, Mohamed Al Turco. You know, I I agree. <laughs> hey, didn't no. they also lose to Pachuca, uh, Monterrey? Was that what the happened? weekend before? Yeah, it's right. been a while since Monterrey. Oh, Monterrey man. hasn't won in months. It happens, you know. The great teams go through a slump, you know. It's, it's been a happen. while. It's are, you, are you calling Chivas a great team, Fern? <laughs> you calling Chivas a great team? Chivas, they have a great coach, man. They have a fantastic coach. You're never going to get a straight answer out of the senator, so just, <laughs> just remember that. Just remember that. <laughs> no, actually... Uh, before we get uh, on to that topic, Liga MX, I do want to bring up uh, another team that played a couple of games this week. And I'm just curious what y'all think about what's happening with, with Jurgen in the U.S. Do you mind if I start this? Wait, wait, John. I wanted to hear your thoughts on the, on the Pumas-Chivas game. Oh, on the Pumas-Chivas? Well, my thoughts uh, before we jump into Jurgen, Ronnie, if you don't, if you if you allow my thirty seconds of of indulgence here, I think it's going to be zero zero. They've been playing zero zero games like for the past ten years, except in the Liguilla when 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 Pumas beat Chivas in the semifinal, the last time they won their championship, and Pumas hasn't won in Guadalajara in a long time. So the reality is that I I think that uh, it's going to be very difficult for Pumas to win there. And right now, Pumas is more concentrated on the Libertadores, anyways. So, anything they get out of the league at this point to me is is gravy. I mean, I fully expect Chivas to. If if they don't win, I think it's going to be zero zero. That's the reality. Sorry to let you down. <laughs> no, no, I I think you're pretty uh, spot on. Yeah. Okay, Ronnie. As you were saying, you wanted to jump into oh, Jurgen. Oh, Jurgen, yeah, thanks, Jurgen thanks. talk. Thanks for your insight on Pumas Chivas. Now I'll, I'll talk right meow. Uh, <laughs> no, meow. What's so funny? <laughs> you got it. Dan got it. Nobody else got it. I don't think anybody else got it. I did. No, okay, good, good. All right. Um, I think that, you know, after the whole FIFA, you know, uh, FBI, FBI case, I think the press just kind of like woke up one day and decided that they just have to be critical just for the sake of being critical. And it seems like now it seems like attacking, you know, the, the system and attacking, you know, you know, Klinsman is just kind of, it's kind of like becoming a hobby for the, for the U.S. soccer press. And I mean, I agree that, you know, he did promise a lot, you know, coming on that, you know, it was going to be a revolution that, you know, they were going to, you know, change the style. They were going to do, you know, other things. And, and I think, I think, you know, Klinsman at that point, he was kind of like talking more like a politician, but, you know, if you really sit down and, and, and analyze it, it's not his fault. I mean, you, you have a league where the vast majority of the teams in the MLS, they play a system where you're basically running players into the box and, you know, three, four players into the box, crashing the box, sending crosses, and that's it. 
So, I mean, are you really going to expect those players to go onto the national team and play, you know, free-flowing, attacking football? I mean, I'm not even saying tiki-taka. I'm just saying, you know, possession. You know, Ronnie, going of what you said, Yeah. it just seems like he's the wrong coach for this team. Because, it is. Because it's worked for them before, you know? I, I think they need to stop looking towards Europe and, and, and start looking towards Latin America. You know, that's something that for I their, mentioned earlier for, 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 for their style. You know, people always you're, talk you're, oh, talk about Jurgen how he has, you know, he's not, he's not this tactical genius at all. But it seems like one of the biggest reasons why Jurgen got the gig has nothing to do with, you know, what he's able to accomplish as a player or as a coach, but it has everything to do with where he did it and what he sounds like when he speaks English. Like he has more credibility. Like he has more exactly. credibility. Remember how we talked last week how in, in Mexico, if you have an English accent or you're from Argentina, you're considered a god. Yeah, I mean, well, you sound I, like I in this country, if if you're if if you have any kind of European background, then 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 you're given you're given a much bigger your your the threshold of failure for you. You get a much wider berth, I guess what I'm trying to say. You have much more room for failure than anybody else. And no, I, they give him a huge contract on top of that. Well, yeah. And, 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 and I mean, good for him. You know, I'm not hating on that, but what did you really expect? I mean, like I, I mean, you're not, you don't have a system from the, from the grassroots that promote possession it's all result based i mean from i mean i think i mentioned it a couple podcasts you know ago uh at the last convention uh the what is it the aeyso convention or whatever they were talking about the youth and they're talking about how coaches um from the or, you know from the beginning they need to stop going from from that you know mindset of playing for the result because all you're really doing is just playing for the coach as opposed to, you know, teaching the players how to play. You're so saying Jose Luis Real is uh, running all their youth youth, uh, youth academies? What, what's that? Re I'm sorry, repeat that again? Uh, Jody's uh, Jose Luis Real, the Chivas guy. You're telling me he's running their academies, their results-based? Well, it's not just results-based. I mean, a lot. I mean, Juan, you, you, you probably run into this more than more than we do just because you're, you're, you're a youth coach yourself. But what my experience when it comes to soccer in this country is unless unless you have money, no one's going to look at you because you have to be on the elite teams and yada, yada, yada. Yeah, you might play in high school and you might get some looks there. I mean, I'm getting ready to do the uh, Texas High School Championships in soccer over the next couple of weeks. I don't know how familiar you guys are with the geography of Texas, but down in the southeastern tip, they call it the Rio Grande Valley, Brownsville, McAllen, Edinburgh, all that. There's always a couple of teams that come from there, and they dominate. And why do they dominate? For the very reason Ronnie said, possession. Yeah. Because they don't get to live, live the – and the other guys are a bunch of, you know, 5'9", five, 5'10", five, dudes that are 180, 190, and they're big, strong guys. But all they do is chase. All they do is chase. No, I agree. The tip over there in Brownsville, I mean, they're, it's pretty, you know, they're pretty good. Um, now, Joel, you've been in L.A. and stuff like that. I mean, I know you come to high schools. 
what's your impression of youth soccer over there? Did, did you say the tits is pretty good? <laughs> what's that? Uh, I thought I, I thought I heard you say the tits is pretty good. Uh, I don't think I said that. You're, you're confusing me with cheekies taking pictures of the youth players. Is that what he's doing? Them is that what you're Shirts versus skins. Um, no, I, <laughs> I haven't seen uh, youth, uh, youth soccer here in like years, well, man. Well, well, you're coaching youth. I mean, you, do you run into the select teams even at, at, at the age group that you coach right now? Yeah, tell us about the youths. <laughs> oh, I think we lost Juan. You must have upset him. His, his connection. <laughs> He just said he look at this connect. It looks like. Uh, well, hopefully he'll back. Hopefully he'll hop back on. No, but no, but uh, go, you know, getting serious again. Uh, no, it's like, you know, I, I just think that right now, the 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 press is in the U.S. is and like God forbid, heavens forbid that the U.S. soccer press in the United States turn anything like what it is in Mexico or in Latin America, where they just become, you know. Where the where they can't do anything right. Yeah, they can't do anything right. The people they're covering, not the press. Yeah. Well, you know, my, you know, the big problem to me with with the U.S. press, and it always has been, is that they're they're fans first, reporters second. Yep. Yep. And I think that the now they're starting to see. Well, maybe well, maybe this, you know, that they're just they're so desperate. And and and, and again, I'm not speaking for all of them, but it seems like they're 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 so desperate to get the European acceptance. More than anything else, and the thing that I find really interesting in the, in this cycle is that the, the 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 ones that are that are that have this air of arrogance, you know, we always thought it was Mexico with how they they treated Concacaf. Now I'm seeing the U.S. and the fans and the press think of Concacaf the same way, and I think it's going to end up possibly bite them in the butt because. You know, for the fact that for the U.S. to be struggling in the group they're in right now is frankly inexcusable. I mean, it is it is as flan as it gets in Coca-Cola right now. Well, to lose to Guatemala, and I mean, to lose to Guatemala anywhere, whether they're playing Guatemala or you know, wherever it was, the fact that they lost to them is terrible, terrible. If that would have happened to Mexico, the coach would have been fired. They wouldn't have he would have been fired before he walked into the locker room. Yeah. Um, no, they're going to miss out on Rio on the Olympics. You know, I watched that game, the the, the second leg. Uh-huh. How did Colombia not beat them by ten? I mean, it was that bad. The, I didn't. I didn't, I, I, I didn't. I just. I didn't watch it. I just read a lot of Twitter. Uh, you know, a lot of Twitters. Uh, man, you could. I could sense that the U.S. fans were pissed. Well, see, and that's the other thing. Is it all? You know, now since they have now the Olympics don't matter. All the Olympics is not that big a deal. It's not big. Not that big a deal that we make that we didn't make it. it when eight years ago it was a mass, it was a huge accomplishment that they were that were in the Olympics and they were hoping to medal. Now it's not that big a deal. Yeah. Well, how, how Juwan, many? Juwan is hey, back. Hey, hey Christian. Um, yeah. How many youth tournaments has the U.S. Uh, missed out in the last like you know eight years? It's, they they've missed out wow. quite a bit now. Yeah, the uh, well, obviously two Olympic tournaments back to back. I think a couple of U seventeen, under seventeens. I think an under twenty World Cup somewhere in there as well. Yeah, in uh, twenty eleven they missed the under twenty World Cup, uh-huh. losing to Guatemala. Um, 
it's it, and I think John's got a point. I mean, it, this is always like after the fact. Well, it doesn't really matter. It's not going to be a big deal. The fact of the matter is that there are there are players that have been part of the Olympic program for the U.S. that have come out right before you know before yesterday, who claim they they just said the complete opposite. They said you know this is a great development tool for the players that are in their early stage of their career, and it's it's almost like a little mini World Cup for these guys. They can they have to play at a higher level, and, and then you can really see which guys can can take it to the next level and, and become senior national team members at some points. So the fans obviously react by saying, well, you know, it's not that big a deal. But it obviously is, because if you look at the players that made the transition for the U.S. from the 2012 Olympic team that didn't go to the, Olymp- to the Olympics, you're probably looking at two or three players, and, and, two or, and, and those two or three players – are not players are making an impact on the senior national team at the moment. So here goes another yet yet again another generation of players for the U.S. that is not going to have that sort of showcase, and they're going to be hoping that these guys magically find their way to great club situations in Europe from MLS or from from probably less likely uh, less. You know, and all we have to do, Christian, is look at what happened to the players. In Mexico from 2008, La, la Generación Quemada. I, I mean, mean, out of out of that team, Memo Choa is probably Memo Choa, uh, Ayala, El, El Castillo. You know, not even though he United plays for the U.S. Other than that, I, I mean, Villaluz I, is gone. Santiago, <coughs> or whatever his name was, but, the guy, that, Santi uh, Fernandez. Fernandez, yes, he's gone. Wait, aren't aren't all the youth coaches for the U.S. handpicked by Klinsman? Yes, they're all. Yeah, the Herzog is his buddy. Juan, I'm glad you're back on. We had a question about, since you're a coach, I know that you coach, is it nine-year-olds? Is that what you coach right now, Juan? Yeah, I'm sorry, John. I got disconnected. I had technical okay. difficulties. But, uh, yeah, actually, I have two age groups right now. Uh, one of them is uh, they're eight-year-olds, and then this other, which they're, they're a little bit more advanced. I've been working with them for, like, almost a year. And the other group, it's it's a new group. They're, they will be... U13, U14s, but they're, I could, I would say that they're green players and half of them are like ASOL. They're coming from ASOL. And then the eight-year-olds, a lot of them, they're coming from Latin League. So I can give you, because my kids, you know, they've been playing since they're four years old. So, I mean, but. At what age do the select teams really start coming in and, and, and cherry picking? I can tell you, John, that now, um, the way, the way youth soccer here is, is, uh, um, the the way it's it's set up here is they're they're starting to pick them really young, like at eight year, uh, basically at seven years old. Uh, you can start building a competitive team, and you'll have kids. Uh, they'll be from land league, and I'll expand on it a little because I want to say something about it. Uh, that have been playing since they're four years old. So usually, you know, by the time they're they're ten, eleven, the like at least in Southern California, you're your best players, your most ex- maybe most experienced, I would say, maybe even you know your the the kids with a bright future. Did someone just drop a deuce? Oh, no, no. Um, but to me, to me, you know, one of the biggest challenges with U.S. soccer, man, is that the 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 product and the customer is not it's not a professional club. Uh, for example, in Mexico, you got you got the youth teams, right? The U17s, U20s, and so on. Uh, and the uh, the product is that young kids here in the youth academy, and the customer is the first team. 
Yeah, well, you got you got U15s now, and you also got U13s now. Now, yeah, Juan, you're your coach. Are you like the like the guy at Cobra Kai and in Karate Kid? No mercy. Finish uh, him. A, a little bit, a little bit, yeah, man. Uh, you know, I'm pretty. I mean, I don't, I don't tell them que la puta que los parió en la concha de su madre yet, because uh, they're still they're eight years now, old. Uh, now, question. But are there puto um, chance at your games? Uh, you know, I'll allow it. Yeah, why not? You know, we, we used to have a, a matraca, man, and it got actually. Uh, apparently, the the league has an official no no noisemakers uh, rule, which I thought was BS. And no, it's hey. targeted at a certain demographic. Speaking of cherry picking, uh, what are the what's the uh, how are the milfs, the single mothers, like the soccer moms? <laughs> of course, they're getting down to business. <laughs> you still want to show me your cucumber? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll just say this: the 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 ASO parents, the moms, they they seem to go to the gym more, and you know they eat less. Uh, 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 what's that called? Uh, you say no tacos al pastor on the. On yeah, they, they cut back on the tortillas. They don't have they don't, you know. So puro, puro how can you trust someone that doesn't eat tacos al pastor? Honestly, really, that's true. Yeah, that's okay. Guys, I think it's time for us to wrap it up. Hey, no, let, me, let me just add. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. We got time. Yeah, I just want to add that. Uh, see, the, the problem here is in the U.S. soccer is the parents, like you said, it's pay to play. So the parent is a customer and they don't know shit about soccer. The only thing they can compare the quality is based on how many trophies the coaches win. Uh, so you can't even blame the coaches, you know. You, you, Which goes the, back to what Ronnie said about about the culture being a results based culture instead of teaching them the funda, the fundamental building blocks of the sport. Exactly, and the parents, even if you had a coach that did know how to teach the fundamentals, the parents have no way of knowing. Very interesting. Well, that does uh, wrap up another fantastic edition of the Dos Acero podcast. We were hoping to have Alberto El Chiquis Campa join us to tell us about his experiences. At the Estadio Azteca, we'll have to wait till next week to hear that. Uh, now, I guess we're not going to have a bet about Pumas Chivas, which is fine. I'm, I'm kind of like with 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 Daniel, where bets are, you know, I don't want I don't want to have that kind of emotional investment and then a financial investment in the game. Avatar bet, John. I'll be sorry. Avatar, I'll do I'll do an I'll do an Avatar bet. I did an Avatar bet with a buddy of mine for the Tigres. I had to have uh, what's the 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 bald guy's name was he gonna get out? No, what was his name? The big tigres. Osvaldo. Uh, yeah, that guy. Batocletti. Uh, I had Batocletti yeah. for my Twitter avatar for a week. Yes, yeah, so I'll do a Twitter bet. All right, we'll do. I'll do. I'll do one that. I'll send you a picture with Pumas of the of the one you'll have to use, Juan. Well, Juan, <laughs> thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me, you guys. Thanks, Christian. As always, a pleasure. Absolutely. Good night, guys. Any night. guys? Go, anybody covering any MLS games this week? No, I'm not. Yeah, I mean, neither. Uh, they're the union. They're in. Uh, they're going to play in Chicago. Yeah. So, no, no union game for me this week. Weekend. That's uh, that is too bad for you. You'll have to actually uh, be, be with your family. How terrible. Daniel, for thank the you very family, much. John. Sorry. Good Lord, Daniel, is that, is that you? <laughs> That's Daniel, are you, are you channeling? Are you watching a chick flick? Debbie Reynolds? No, I'm watching that, New Girl. The, I'm, yeah, I'm sorry about that. That's all right. Yeah, that well, thank, 
Thanks for joining us, Daniel. It's always a pleasure. Pleasure all mine. Fernando, Senator, I'm glad you're able to join us. <laughs> yes, I'm glad I was able to join you guys too. Sorry Take time that. away from your committee meetings. It's uh, always a pleasure to have you with us. <laughs> and uh, good luck for you with your Rayados this weekend against Leo, and it should be a good, uh, very entertaining game. Thank you, sir. Likewise, good luck to you too, or Pumas. I think you guys will destroy Chivas. Well, well thank you. Eh? Well, we have a, our vote of confidence. Joel, always a pleasure, man. We'll, we'll pretend that Joel said thank you, Ronnie. So you don't have an MLS game? We're gonna. What are your plans this weekend? Uh, just chill. You know, is, is the weather getting better up there? Uh, it's still a little chilly. I mean, uh, I like it. I like the weather. It's you know, it's not too hot. It's not too cold. Yeah, you can open up your uh, guacamoles or sartén this weekend. No, nah, we're we're, uh, we're closed during, uh, during the weekends. What about el, el hoyo de la gloria? You can open that door. 24 7. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I understand. Well, folks, this has been the Dos Acero Podcast. Thank you very much for joining us. Please join us again next week at the same time, around 9, 9.30 Central Time, where, as you know, we're live on YouTube. want to thank uh, the folks that joined us on YouTube this evening. want to thank David Copeland Loredo. And I agree with him. I think instead of saying ah, puto, we should say ah, corrupto. I think that's very, very appropriate. But again, you can listen to us live on YouTube every Wednesday night or listen to the recorded and redacted version on iTunes once our editor is able to work his magic. But this has been the Dos Acero Podcast, uh, Yamarito Production on SoccerChronicle.com. Thank you guys very much for joining us. We will talk to you guys again next week. Fight and win!